Welcome to This Week in Astrology. This is episode number 474 for the second half of July 2018. This Week in Astrology is the free podcast that deepens your astrological wisdom. We always start with a forecast and regularly include other special features. Make This Week in Astrology a regular part of your astrological education. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Benjamin Bernstein, broadcasting from the virtual location of thisweekinastrology.com and the physical location of Asheville, North Carolina. To get to a specific part of the show, including the forecast for a particular date, check out the index at the very end of this MP3. You can also see this index in writing at thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com. We start with the forecast for the second half of July. We'll then have a super brief announcement section, and then we'll get on to our listener chart, which will feature a listener, Carla, whose chart is being massively impacted by the big lunar eclipse on July 27. I think you'll enjoy hearing all the wonderful ways she can make good use of that eclipse energy. And I think Carla will hopefully enjoy it too. So without further ado, let's move on to the forecast. A potent total lunar eclipse, the second of three summer eclipses, highlights the second half of July. We also have Mercury turning retrograde, the Sun entering Leo, and a magical Saturn-Neptune quintile, not to mention a new crop of aspect patterns. What's old as we come into the second half of July? We've got a waxing moon, a bunch of retrograde planets, Mars through August 27th, Saturn through September 6th, and outer planets retrograde for a while longer, Pluto, Neptune, and Chiron. We also have several aspect patterns in force, most of which I will mention in this podcast as they peak. I've got a yacht, a couple of grand trines, and a pseudo-grand cross. So now let's move on to our individual days of the forecast. On Monday, July 16th, the second half of July kicks off with a pair of quincunxes, a Venus-Mars quincunx, Venus 7 Virgo, Mars 7 Aquarius, invites helpful adjustments in your relationships and creative expression. Venus's placement in Virgo will help you pay attention to all the little details that can make such a big difference. Mars' placement in Aquarius can help you think outside the box. You can bring positive adjustments to your thinking and self-expression as Mercury quincunxes Pluto. That's Mercury 20 Leo, Pluto 20 Capricorn. On Tuesday, July 17, have you given away too much power in a committed partnership? You can use appropriate assertiveness and strategy to balance the scales with a T-square featuring Juno, Pallas, and Jupiter. It starts on July 17, peaks on August 8th, and ends on August 29th. This aspect pattern also supports you and your committed partner entering into a positive, life-transforming process together. On Wednesday, July 18th, Things may be more volatile than usual as a Sun-Mars-Uranus T-square holds sway. It starts on July 18th, peaks on the 26th, and ends on August 4th. This short-fused aspect pattern will catalyze some people to be impetuous, unstable, or erratic. Exercise appropriate self-discipline if you find yourself tempted toward inappropriate impulsiveness or angry outbursts. Use positively. 
This T-Square can support you as you step into leadership with boldness and innovation. Let your intuitive flashes guide you as you step into the spotlight to set a new and better course. On Friday, July 20th, five weeks of flowing opportunities focused on the attributes of two asteroid goddesses begins today. This is made possible by an envelope aspect pattern featuring Ceres, Juno, Jupiter, Neptune, and Pluto. It begins today on July 20th, peaks on August 11th, and ends on August 24th. An envelope could also be thought of as a grand trine with two kite points. It contains seven soft aspects, trines and sextiles, and two hard aspects, oppositions. The soft aspects can generate ease and luck, while the oppositions stir up enough energy to support meaningful accomplishment. With so many planets involved, this envelope supports many interpretations. These include Take advantage of an opportunity for enhanced abundance through a committed partnership. Enjoy new breakthroughs in your shadow work. This could either relate to issues catalyzed by a committed partnership or could involve you working in close partnership with someone to accomplish the healing. Work with a committed partner to facilitate powerful healing or abundance opportunities for others. Finally, work closely with someone else to take your spiritual awakening or inspired creativity to the next level. This envelope is augmented by the presence of Venus conjunct Ceres and Virgo July 23rd through July 30th. Other planets and signs in this aspect pattern already embody Venus's natal meanings of relationship and abundance, but you can capitalize on a new theme, amplified creativity, while Venus is passing through. Also, on Friday, July 20th, you have nearly four months of magical opportunities to live your dreams and abide in embodied awakening as Saturn quintiles Neptune. Saturn, 4 Capricorn, Neptune, 16 Pisces. This aspect lasts until November 10th. Living your dreams is supported because Neptune and Saturn support the law of attraction. Neptune represents visualization while Saturn manifests. Regarding embodied awakening, Neptune represents divine consciousness, and Saturn helps crystallize it into physical form. The quintile itself is an aspect of magical connection and divine inspiration. This aspect is especially powerful because Saturn and Neptune are both in signs that they rule, Saturn in Capricorn, Neptune in Pisces. This quintile lasts for such an unusually long time because Saturn is slowing in advance of its early September direct station couple of links to things I mentioned in this bit. Law of Attraction, you can go to astroshaman.com, use the search box, type Law of Attraction Made Simple from my basic primer on how to do that. For Embodied Awakening, once again on astroshaman.com, look on the menu bar, click Resources, first item down will be uh, Invocations for Healing and Awakening, click that, it'll take you to a page with two posts, the one with the blue angel is the one that gets into Embodied Awakening. All free information for you. Ease, the Embodied Awakening Support Experience, offers you free weekly events via phone or web to help you enjoy more harmony, grace, and flow, eliminate suffering, boost your intuition, experience more synchronicity, stop mental chatter and challenging emotions, live each day in a peaceful, awakened state, support the global spiritual awakening, and much more. The online recording library, over 145 MP3s and counting, lets you experience the life-transforming power of ease anytime. To learn more, go to astroshaman.com. On the menu bar, click Services. Third item down is Ease. Check it out.
On Sunday, July 22nd, relationships, finances, and creativity can be blessed with extra luck and abundance as Venus sextiles Jupiter. Venus, 14 Virgo, Jupiter, 14 Scorpio. With Venus in Virgo, pay close attention to the details and look for service opportunities in these areas. Also, on Sunday, July 22nd, the Sun enters Leo today at 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Leo has a broader variety of archetypal meanings than any other sign. So, for the next month, the following areas will receive extra energy. Leadership, stepping into the spotlight, risk-taking, speculation, children, playfulness, and rest and recreation. On Tuesday, July 24th, a pseudo-grand cross featuring Mars, Juno, Pallas, Jupiter, and Uranus that started on July 8th, peaks today on the 24th, and ends on the 28th. As I wrote on July 8th, this consists of two T-squares that really want to form a grand cross but can't quite consummate the union. The most obvious interpretation of this pseudo-grand cross is a powerful opportunity to take committed partnerships to the next level with assertive action. This intense aspect pattern also invites a bold, adventurous approach to leadership and sexual expression. Finally, you can courageously communicate a transformative message either to or with someone with whom you have a committed relationship. Also, on Tuesday, July 24th, you can muster new energy for inspired creativity, spiritual awakening, and recognizing the divine in all things, as Venus opposes Neptune. Venus, 16 Virgo, Neptune, 16 Pisces. With Venus in Virgo, this aspect also supports putting the finishing touches on artistic projects and serving others in the flow as intuitively guided. On Wednesday, July 25th, the Sun makes two aspects today, a Sun-Chiron trine, Sun to Leo, Chiron to Aries, can support you stepping into the spotlight as a healer or mentor. A Sun-Uranus square, Sun to Leo, Uranus to Taurus, challenges you to show yourself to the world as you embody your authentic self, follow your intuitive flashes, and serve others using the special gifts you most love to use. On Thursday, July 26th, Mercury turns retrograde today at 1.02 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. That's at 23 degrees, 27 minutes, Leo. The Winged Messenger will turn direct again three and a half weeks from now on August 19th at 12.24 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. That will be at 11 and a half degrees, Leo. Mercury will retrograde entirely within Leo. This makes this an ideal time to reflect on the Leo themes I mentioned a moment ago, discussing the sun entering Leo. Again, those are leadership, stepping into the spotlight, risk-taking, speculation, children, placefulness, playfulness rather, and rest and recreation. The usual Mercury retrograde cautions also apply. If possible, avoid starting major new projects or making major purchases. Back up your critical data, double-check travel plans, and make sure you're understanding and being understood. As always, Mercury retrograde is a great time for introspection, making repairs, and completing projects that were already started. Also, on Thursday, July 26th, A committed partner could support you stepping into the spotlight under a T-square with the Sun, Juno, and Jupiter. This aspect pattern could also bring up challenges that need to be dealt with in important relationships or amplify what's wonderful. 
Financial issues and opportunities can also come to the fore under this T-square. It begins today on July 26th, peaks on August 7th, and ends on August 18th. Also, we had a lot going on on Thursday, July 26th. We have a T-square peaking with Sun, Mars, and Uranus. It started on July 18th, peaks here on July 26th, and ends on August 4th. And finally, on Thursday, July 26th, stumbling blocks could arise in your path as the Sun quincunxes Saturn. Sun for Leo, Saturn for Capricorn. Objectively evaluate whether it's still wise to move forward. If so, make appropriate adjustments while embodying Saturn's high side. Mature, responsible, well-planned, and efficiently managed. On Friday, July 27th, a total lunar eclipse is exact today at 4.20 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. That's at 4 degrees, 44 minutes, Aquarius. You numerologists will have fun with that three, that set of three fours there. This will be the longest total lunar eclipse of the 21st century, lasting 1 hour and 43 minutes. The moon will take 3 hours and 55 minutes to cross the Earth's dark umbral shadow. This eclipse's extraordinary duration lets us know something special is happening. Another indicator of this lunation's power is that the lunar nodes are only about one degree away from the luminaries, and of course that does have an impact on how long it lasts. This lunar eclipse is primarily visible from the world's eastern hemisphere that would include Europe, Africa, Asia, Australia, and New Zealand. South America and New Zealand will have partial views, while North Americans will miss the show entirely. Aspects. High intensity and the potential for rapid breakthroughs is shown by a tight Mars-Uranus square, with Mars tightly conjunct the Aquarian moon and Uranus closely squaring the luminaries. If not consciously managed, this Mars-Uranus square can catalyze sudden anger, devil-may-care action, and impulsive sexual connection. But once you get in the driver's seat, the square is a fantastic life-enriching opportunity to take immediate action on your intuitive flashes and step more boldly into your authentic self-expression. Relationships are another major theme of this eclipse. The moon is sesquare Venus, the natural ruler of relationships. The moon is also square Juno, the asteroid goddess of committed partnership. These are both challenging aspects, so be ready to work through any difficulties that arise. A wonderful free method that has helped many couples is the four-part nonviolent communication process. And that's linked from my blog on the site, astroshaman.com, or you can just Google four-part nonviolent communication process. Some additional challenges are indicated by the moon's semi-sextile to Saturn. Fortunately and finally, there is one soft aspect. A moon Chiron sextile can make healing easier and open the door for helpful mentoring. This solar eclipse's Sabian symbol is, a council of ancestors has been called to guide a man. This piggybacks perfectly on the aspect I just mentioned, the moon's sextile to Chiron, the planet of mentoring. The Sabian symbol mentions a man, but regardless of your gender, this is a reminder to seek guidance when you need it. If you're qualified to be the ancestor, don't hesitate to offer sage advice if it's appropriate. I want to take a moment to tell you about my Eclipse special where you can save up to 45% on our session. Three powerful eclipses happened this summer. You just heard about the July 27th total lunar eclipse with the luminaries closely conjunct the lunar nodes and tightly squaring paradigm-shifting Uranus. 
The July 12th solar eclipse, featuring Pluto's supertight opposition to the Sun and Moon, was also a powerhouse. Finally, the August 11th solar eclipse places the Sun and Moon at the tip of a potent finger-of-God aspect pattern, with the gods of change Neptune and Pluto on the back end. All three of these eclipses can powerfully affect you for the next 6 to 12 months. Let me help you harness these potent eclipse energies so they'll make your life more wonderful. The following interpretations only summarize the most important effects of the July 12th and August 11th eclipses, but in a nutshell. The July 12th solar eclipse, also a Cancer new moon, powerfully supports new beginnings in emotional openness, family, home, and shadow work. Shadow work, healing childhood wounds and other lingering traumas, is also emphasized by mighty Pluto, ruler of psychology, tightly opposing the luminaries. This solar eclipse kicks off a powerful period when you can dive into experiential healing modalities. These can help you release the fear, pain, and other challenging emotions that are stopping you from living a more joyful and wonderful life. Pluto also offers wealth and power. A harmonious trine from Neptune to the luminaries flows divine inspiration and energy to support you in these endeavors. The August 11th solar eclipse. The three outer planets are called the gods of change. Two of them, Pluto and Neptune, point a finger of God at the sun and moon during the August 11th solar eclipse. With the luminaries in Leo, you can use the potency of this yod to energize adjustments that will let you step more fully into your leadership and creative expression. Five other aspects add more energy and meaning to this potent lunation. Are you concerned about how these eclipses are affecting you? Do you want to maximize their benefits? Then consider an eclipse-focused astrology consultation. I'll give you more on that special in just a moment, but first let me give you more information. These eclipses impact 33% of your natal chart. Any sensitive points in your chart in the following ranges will be strongly affected. 16 to 26 degrees cardinal, that's the signs Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. 0 to 10 degrees fixed, that's Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. And 14 to 24 degrees fixed. What are sensitive points? They include the personal planets, Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, and Mars. The angles, the cusps of the first house, fourth, seventh, and tenth. The north and south nodes of the moon, and any planet that rules an angle, ancient, or modern. Discover exactly how these eclipse energies affect your chart and how to make the best use of them. Save up to 45% off my full rates when you do an eclipse-focused session between now and the final solar eclipse on August 11th. Rather than offering a specific percentage off, I invite you to use the same sliding scale I always make available. Pay anywhere from the full rate of $180 an hour to the minimum rate of $100 an hour. You choose the amount at the end of your session. I offer one hour, 90 minute, two hour, and three hour sessions. The longer the session, the more I can help you. These sessions can cover any topic you like, not just eclipse effects. Shamanic healing and awakening activation can also be included during your session. Like all my clients, you're protected by the Astro Shaman Guarantee. If you don't feel your session was helpful, it's free. You can book your session now using my online calendar. You can get to that from astroshaman.com and click the Book Now button you'll see on both the home page and the service page and many other pages too. 
I look forward to helping you make the best use of these powerful eclipses, as well as your other important astrological influences. If you know these eclipses will be impacting you strongly, or if you'd just like some help with all the intensity and challenge in your life right now, I'd be delighted to help you with a satisfaction-guaranteed Astrology Plus consultation. More information, of course, is on astroshaman.com. This uh, write-up on the Eclipse special is featured in the What's New section, or you can just go right to Services, uh, Astrology Plus, from the menu bar. Also, on Friday, July 27th, today's Sun-Mars opposition, Sun for Leo, Mars for Aquarius, is incorporated into my Eclipse interpretation above. And finally, on Friday, July 27th, you can enjoy smooth, powerful amplification of your creativity as Venus trines Pluto. Venus, 20 Virgo, Pluto, 20 Capricorn. This trine can also empower your finances and relationships, especially if you're willing to add a little effort. On Monday, July 30th, breakthroughs in abundance and shadow work are energized by a Thor's hammer with Mars, Ceres, and Uranus. It begins today on July 30th, peaks on August 7th, and ends on August 14th. This challenging aspect pattern is likely to trigger challenging emotions, so have an effective shadow work process ready at hand. Thousands have found my free healing invocation helpful. Under this aspect pattern, your intuitive flashes may hold the key to enhanced prosperity. By the way, to get to my healing invocation, that's the same route as to get to my awakening invocation, go to astroshaman.com. The last word on the menu bar is resources. First item on the pull-down, invocations for healing and awakening. Once that page comes up, the second and final post on the page with the photo of the screaming man describes how to use the healing invocation. On Tuesday, July 31st, amplified prosperity and easier shadow work are supported by a Jupiter series sextile. Jupiter, 14 Scorpio, series 14 Virgo. This flowing aspect remains in orb through August 24th. Whatever your sun sign, my forecasts can help you make the best use of the current astrological energies. All dates and times are in the U.S. Eastern Time Zone. Events are most powerful on the dates listed, but their influence will be active for at least a week before and after. Everyone is affected by these global transits. However, you'll be most powerfully impacted when moving planets activate sensitive points in your natal chart. Discover how these transits will personally affect you by booking a session with me at astroshaman.com. Looking ahead to our next podcast for the first half of August, we're going to talk about the third and final eclipse, a solar eclipse. We're going to talk about Uranus turning retrograde, a potent Mars-Uranus square, five Thor's hammers, including amazingly a quadruple Thor's hammer, four Thor's hammer aspects all linked together with common planets, a couple of new T-squares, a couple of new yods. There's a lot going on as always. I will be happy to be here giving you the best use of these astrological energies. I hope you'll join me. You can hear my forecast on This Week in Astrology, but would you also like to get a free, concise version in writing? How about having it conveniently pop into your inbox? And while we're at it, how about occasional bonus articles on astrology, along with simple, powerful healing and awakening techniques? That's what you get with Astroshaman's free email newsletter. To subscribe, go to astroshaman.com. You'll see the newsletter sign-up form at the top of the sidebar. And if you like calculating your own astrology charts, why not use the world's leading Windows astrology software and get it for the lowest price available? 
Astroshaman is an authorized dealer for SolarFire Gold, which also runs on Macs running Windows and recent Windows tablets. To learn more or place your order, visit astroshaman.com. From there, click on Products in the menu bar and choose SolarFire Software from the drop-down menu. A free forecast newsletter and the best available price on SolarFire Gold. Two great reasons to visit astroshaman.com right now. I have a very brief announcement section this time. How can you reap the most benefit from the three summer eclipses? Find out by watching my summer eclipses video, which now has over 6,500 views on YouTube and goes into much more detail than I went into earlier on this podcast. The eclipse effects could last for a year. As always, I accentuate the positive, make the technical stuff easy to understand, and entertain you with lots of graphics. You can easily access this post, which has both videos conveniently embedded from the What's New section of astroshaman.com. If you are in or near the Asheville, North Carolina area, every third Tuesday I do a Shamanic Awakening meetup. In fact, that's this coming Tuesday as I record this. More information on that is in the Practical Spirituality section. And that's all the announcements. For our listener chart, I found someone whose chart is being amazingly illuminated by this lunar eclipse on July 27. Her name is Carla, C-A-R-L-A. She's born January 23, 1978, 12.52 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Hollywood, Florida. I always put up a graphic of the charts I, I dissect in the show, so you can go to thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com and go to this show's episode, number 474, for July 16 to 31, 2018. And you'll see in the table of contents near the bottom of the index that uh, I list the timing of each thing, and near the bottom will be listener chart, Carla. The word Carla will be underlined, which means it's a link. And when you click it, you'll see that that takes you to a PDF of her natal chart with the most important transiting planet shown, and the aspects are shown in the middle between the transiting planets and the key natal points. And I always do this on my listener charts on the show. So you can depend it, go to thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com and click the link and you'll be able to get a visual along with the verbal description. And get this. Okay, here's the eclipse happening at basically 5 degrees Aquarius, 4 degrees 44 minutes. So the moon is at 5 Aquarius and the sun is at 5 Leo. The moon and south node, which is only a degree away, are conjoining Carla's sun at 3 Aquarius, her Venus at 4 Aquarius, and her midheaven at 6 Aquarius. Right across, the moon is opposing her Mars at one degree Leo and her nadir at eight degrees Leo. And if I said six earlier, I on the midheaven, I was wrong. That's an eight. They look a lot alike on this little chart here. And just for bonus, they're squaring Chiron over in the 12th house. So right here in the natal opposition, we have four out of five personal planets. The only one missing is Mercury. But we've got Sun, Moon, Venus, Mars. That's an extraordinary opposition, and to have it so powerfully illuminated is really exceptional. So the way I'm going to do this is we're going to just remember that any full moon, including a lunar eclipse, is optimally used for release or adjustment. So that's the theme that's going to be relevant for all the things I'm about to say. And what I didn't tell you yet is that 
um, three of the four angles of Carla's chart are ruled by these planets. Um, she has a Taurus ascendant ruled by Venus. She has a Leo nadir or fourth house cusp ruled by the sun. And she has a Scorpio descendant anciently ruled by Mars. So pretty amazing. That's a high, high, high level of stimulation. So what we're going to do is do a thorough breakdown. Sometimes I'll be addressing you, the listener. Sometimes I'll be addressing you, Carla. And I tend to switch back and forth randomly between all that. So what kind of things in, in Carla's chart here are being set up for release or adjustment? Let's start with the things being conjoined by the moon, this very tight Sun-Venus conjunction in the sign of Aquarius. So let's start with basics. Um, that's a lot of a... So basically we have in Aquarius the Sun, the core of personality, and the chart ruler Venus. Remember, Taurus is rising, ruled by Venus. So that's a very powerful signature plus the Midheavens Aquarius, what the world sees you as. So Carla, um, very much so I can say anything that is not fully expressing in the top three recommended Aquarian expressions or the main three that I find to be real life affirming. Um, any adjustment you can make to do more of these than you're already doing would be fantastic. The first is to fly your freak flag and be the special one-of-a-kind Carla you're here to be no matter whom you disappoint by doing so. Uh, secondly, is to follow those intuitive flashes sent down from your higher self. An intuitive flash is a text message from God. And uh, the way you know them is they feel like a hunch, like a gut feeling. And the moment an intuitive flash arrives, you absolutely know it's true. There's no doubt about it. You know it in your bones, not in your head. Now, you may doubt it a moment later, but at the moment of that thought's inception, you know it's true. So those are what I'm talking about. There's a special feeling about them. So please trust those inner guidances. If it's information, trust it as true. If it is uh, a call to action, then you'd be wise to do whatever the intuitive flash is saying. The third and final level of high-level Aquarius operation is to serve others using the special gifts you most love to use. So any adjustments you can make, Carla, with that uh, Aquarian Sun and Venus um, and Midheaven being strongly illuminated by this uh, lunar eclipse. That'd be a great start. And all we've done is hit the sign. Let's look at the actual planets. The sun is the core of self. So an Aquarian sun frequently reinvents itself, as does a, a chart ruler in Aquarius, like your Venus, Carla. So basically, um, this could be a time when you're shifting yet again. And I say yet again because this is the kind of chart where once in a while you just get a pretty radical upgrade or makeover, and all of a sudden you're quite different than the Carla you were a short time ago. So this may be one of those times when you're doing another quantum leap, another paradigm shift to become the next version of yourself, the next most wonderful version. And with a chart like this, you'll keep shifting versions until you draw your last breath. <laughs> so um, that's the sun. Now Venus, um, especially conjoined the sun, is an expression of love of relationship. So watch who you're relating with. Uh, this may be one of those times when certain people will be released and certain new relationships might be embraced. I'm not just talking romantic. This could be family, friend, business associate, even open enemy. All could be represented by Venus, the natural ruler of relationship. So be open to paradigm shifts, releasing or embracing uh, relationships. 
or you know it could be a time that a challenged relationship could be made more harmonious through some process such as nonviolent communication an outstanding strategy for working through personal issues with other people and uh, another way Venus could play here is the artist creative so uh, maybe this could you could be looking at how you're doing your creativity Carly if you're doing creative things and say wow what could be released about the current way I'm doing that? What could be adjusted? Um, look for, you know, Venus and Aquarius needs to reinvent the way it's creative once in a while. So how does that want to happen? Finally, the midheaven in Aquarius is being conjoined by the moon in this lunar eclipse. And so look at your career. What needs release or adjustment there? What kind of paradigm shift would be appropriate in that circumstance? If your work is in alignment with your higher self and you're getting all sorts of great intuitive flash to support it, then follow them to take it to the next level. And if you're not in the right work at this point and the Aquarian energy is tending to become chaotic and, and disorganize it and make it all weird and, and scattered, then maybe it's time to let it go, that particular career manifestation, or reinvent it so it reharmonizes again. So those are the main ways I'm seeing just those three points, Sun, Venus, and the Midheaven in Aquarius, conjoined by the Moon in the Lunar Eclipse. Let's look across the chart. <clears throat> Down there, uh, strongly aspected by the Eclipse, are Mars and the 4th house cusp. Let's start with Mars. Uh, oh, wait a minute. There's one level I didn't get to. Uh, I need to go to rulership. So... Um, yeah, that's an important level on the Sun and Venus. They are both angle rulers, as I said earlier. So, lunar eclipse on the Sun, which rules your fourth house. So, the saying, what needs release or adjustment in home, in family, and in shadow work. Those are the three main meanings I use for the fourth house. What about Venus and her rulerships? Well, as I mentioned, she rules the Ascendant. So this could be a release or adjustment in first house themes, uh, the physical body in general, what needs releasing or adjusting there. The, um, the impression, the persona, the mask you show the world, something you're releasing or adjusting in the way you dress, you do your hair, your makeup, your typical behaviors when you're out in the world, all that can be adjusted as well. Um, now, Venus has rulership not just of the Ascendant, but Venus also rules your sixth house uh, with Libra on the cusp of the sixth. So what needs release for adjustment in sixth house themes, such as how you're serving others, your health, and your attention to detail work, your habits, your systems, your procedures. Uh, I'm so excited lately about this system called Getting Things Done by David Allen a uh, marvelous book that has just made me so much more efficient. It took me 58 years to find it. So, oh my God, I wish I had this when I was first starting out in life. I would have got so much more done and had such a more uncluttered mind. So uh, if you haven't checked out Getting Things Done by David Allen, a fantastic way to better organize your life, chances are that you've, you're doing it right now. Maybe you're doing it better, but uh, most of you, I bet, are not. <laughs> I love this system. Anyhow. Let's move on now that we've covered the house rulerships of the Sun and Venus. Now we can go across the chart and look at Mars and the Nadir. So only one physical point here, and it's Mars. So we'll start with just the basic meanings of Mars. What needs release or adjustment in you being the leader, the warrior, the pioneer, the entrepreneur, the sexual being. All those are basic meanings of Mars for everybody. Um, Mars is in the third house. And that's the house of communication, 
uh, and learning. So what needs adjustment there? Once again, I realize I need to backfill. Let's go back to the Sun and Venus. I did not even mention that they're in the ninth house. Okay, so that becomes important in interpreting. So what needs release or adjustment in the areas of religion, philosophy, your understanding of the meaning of life, you giving or receiving as the professor, philosopher, guru, giver of helpful life-transforming information. What needs release or adjustment in terms of foreign travel or your involvement with things of foreign origin. What needs release or adjustment in how you're doing your quest, your journey, your sense of adventurousness. And what needs release or adjustment in the way you're doing celebration, joy, enthusiasm, partying down. All those things, a certain amount of that can be really good. So, um, forgive me for bouncing around, but uh, I'd rather backfill than leave something critical unsaid. So, back to Mars. Uh, we covered its core meanings and its third house placement. And let me mention also um, the eclipse, since it's landing in the ninth house and hitting planets in those houses, is very strongly along the axis of communication, third house, ninth house. So that theme of learn and communicate is very strong for you, Carla, in this eclipse because of the houses that the moon is hitting and that, that eclipse is lining up on. Please note that I'm not putting emphasis on the general things I already said for everybody about the sign of the eclipse. Um, because we know that already, so I'm just filling in here things, Carla, that are just special for you, uniquely for your chart. And this also, listener, shows you how you can take uh, an event like this way beyond just its generic meaning for everyone and really fine-tune it for a specific person's chart. Now, Mars has rulerships. As I said already, Mars is the ancient ruler of the seventh house with a Scorpio descendant. So, release and adjustment. Actually, this repeats a theme. We already talked about Venus as natural ruler of relationship, and Venus and the seventh house are mostly synonyms. So, uh, to say you release for adjustment in relationships is true because Mars rules the seventh, and it also just repeats what we already said about Venus. So, that's old news here. Mars, however, has one other rulership in my porphyry house system. Mars rules the twelfth house because Aries is on the cusp there. So, release or adjustment in the way you're doing spiritual awakening practices and expressing your inspired creativity. There is another repeated theme. We talked about Venus as artist and creativity. The difference between a Venusian creativity and a 12th house creativity. Venus is more ego-directed. The mind thinks it up and manifests it. The 12th house is more like the muse sings it to you and the inspiration just flows in on its own. So, that's Mars. Uh, this full moon eclipse opposing the nadir. Um, again, this is repetition again because we've already addressed the ruler of the fourth house, the sun, so the same keywords come up again. Home, family, shadow work. Any adjustments there would be awesome. So we've covered the opposition, sun, Venus, Mars, and the midheaven and nadir in terms of how the eclipse is affecting them. We haven't yet hit the square to Chiron, though. So, uh, Carla, this is addressing your entire natal T-square, uh, which of course has uh, actually more planets than the eclipse is lighting up. Uh, the moon at 27 Cancer is really not part of the stimulation of this eclipse, but it is part of your natal T-square with moon, Mars, and the nadir on the bottom, sun, Venus, and the midheaven on the top, and everybody squares Chiron over the 12th. 
but Chiron is being stimulated by the eclipse. When I do eclipse interpretation, I look at quadrature aspects. It's, that means is it conjunct, opposing, or square. So Chiron brings in the wounded healer aspect. So what might need adjustment or release with Chiron being so strongly stimulated might be your old childhood wounds and you want to be doing some shadow work. As I've mentioned already in this podcast, I have an invocation that has done a lot of people a lot of good in terms of being able to quickly, effectively, and efficiently release a layer of challenging energy once and for all at one shot. And you can find that once again by going to astroshaman.com on the menu bar, go to the word resources. And um, when you look at the first pull down item, it says invocations for healing and awakening, click that. And two posts will come up. The second with the screaming man uh, is called your negative reactions, golden opportunities for clearing and awakening. And it works on the premise of the great onion of consciousness. The idea that we are God at the core, bliss, ecstasy, euphoria, harmony, flow, ease, grace. And we, we come out from the divine as a soul. We're just absolutely pure and pristine like that. Then we start incarnating. And in some incarnations, we have unhealed wounds and traumas. Each one of these unhealed wounds or traumas puts a dark layer around the core. They build up over time. And we end up as the ego, the human part on the outside of that onion, looking in toward the middle with some awareness of our divinity coming through, but uh, some of it's blocked by all those dark layers. Therefore, when you bring in Chiron here, the shadow work planet, I'm guessing, Carla, this eclipse will most likely stimulate some shadow work for you. We've already seen, you know, the ruler of the fourth house and the fourth house cusp itself, a shadow work house strongly stimulated by the eclipse. So we already had that theme in play. Now to have the eclipse also squaring Chiron, this is the third time the theme comes in. I don't know if you know the, the rule of three in astrology, Carla. It says, see a theme once, it might happen. See it twice, it'll probably happen. See it three times, it's definitely going to happen. So something related to healing is almost, I'd say it's guaranteed that in the six to 12 months following this eclipse, Carla, you're going to have some strong effects like this. Um, now, of course, how Chiron operates is dependent upon how much shadow work you've done. And of course, um, while it may not appear to be an even playing field, you know, if you look only at one lifetime where some humans come in obviously more wounded or less wounded, more or less talented, um, it all balances out when you look at all the lifetimes and the karma each person comes in with. You know, it's all completely fair when looked at the broader perspective of the soul's whole evolutionary journey. So, Carla, if you still have a lot of shadow work still to do in this lifetime, this eclipse will stir up a lot of that stuff. You'll have challenging emotions or physical sensations. And my healing invocation, which really boils down to talking to your higher self and saying the seven words, maximum healing that serves highest good, please, and passively breathing and letting the energy come in and take care of that layer of the onion, um, then you'll probably be doing a lot of that in the six to 12 months following the eclipse. If you've already done a lot and you're mostly clear, then it'll be more about you stepping into your power as a healer or mentor, which is our, the high side expressions of Chiron once you're clear enough. Uh, the words guru and um, shaman also can apply to a high level Chiron. So how you experience the Chiron stimulation <clears throat> excuse me, will depend on how much shadow work uh, that's been assigned to this lifetime by yourself that you actually got done yet. I will mention, and I did mention in the eclipse forecast interpretation, that again, Mars is opposing the, the sun. This is all in the sky, and Uranus is squaring the luminaries. 
And it just so happens Carla Transit Uranus is right on top of your Chiron. And he's been there for several months. So that alone would have kicked up all the stuff I was just talking about in terms of shadow work stimulated or you stepping more potently into your healer, mentor, possibly shaman or awakener role. Um, so just be aware that's a very strong theme right now with transit Uranus on top of your Chiron. When we look at the key transiting planets that are strongly aspecting this eclipse, particularly Uranus squaring the luminaries and Chiron sextile, uh, this also gets reinforced. So not only do we have Carla transit Uranus on your Chiron, but transiting Chiron is soft aspecting all those planets I've been talking about. It sextiles your Sun and Venus right now, and it trines your Mars. And um, this can be doing this for approximately two more years until it gets some distance from those. And even after that, it spends a couple of more years sextiling your midheaven and trining your nadir. So um, it is a soft aspect, so it will be more gentle um, for the time being. But uh, in a couple of years, um, Chiron's going to land on top of your south node. And that's going to be a couple of years of karmic stuff again, shadow work if it's still there, or stepping into your power as a healer or mentor. But I'm now getting way ahead of my interpretation um, I just couldn't help noticing that. I'm going to also mention that Uranus, uh, which is now, I mean, even if there were no eclipse here, the fact that Uranus is squaring your sun and Venus and Mars right now is huge headline news. Um, anything that ever comes to around, um, you know, from zero to five degrees of fixed in your chart, any slow planet that gets in there, whether it's Taurus or Leo or Scorpio or Aquarius, Carla, that's major news for you because you've got these key planets all in those that numeric range. So anything that comes there is going to be a major influence. You could track easily the, the most major events of your life by looking when have the slow planets, Pluto, Neptune, Uranus, and Chiron, when have they been conjunct, square, or opposing um, those, those planets. Anyhow, uh, but back to Uranus square, um, this is slightly outside the eclipse interpretation, but Uranus square all these planets and all they represent, Sun and Venus and Mars, um, this is saying rapid revolutionary shift is, is clearly available. I brought that theme out anyway because the Sun and Venus are in Aquarius, and in the astrology alphabet, Aquarius and Uranus are the same thing, same interpretation. So I really worked it in there mostly anyway because of the Aquarian placement, but the Uranus square really fires that up. And uh, I, I sort of touched on the Chiron soft aspects, but I didn't really bring the message home, which is you've got natal Chiron squared by the eclipse and conjoined by Uranus. That's major news. Transiting Chiron, soft aspecting the all the planets in the natal chart. I'm talking about Sun, Venus, Mars, and in a, in a year or two, the Midheaven and Nader, that's another strong healer, mentor, shaman, awakener vibe as well. And I think I may have just repeated myself a little bit, but I'll give myself that grace. <laughs> I hope you will too. As far as transiting Mars, who is conjoining the moon tightly on this eclipse, his main role in terms of his effects on your chart, Carla, is to further energize and light up and give you more initiatory energy for all the things I was talking about. So uh, that's it, Carla, for my uh, uh, interpretation of your lunar eclipse. I hope that was helpful. And uh, 
Also, listeners, this is uh, how I do an eclipse interpretation, just in case you get a sense of how that's done. So, Carla, thank you for sending your chart in. And uh, if you have any comments on what I've said, I'd love to get that by email, info at astroshaman.com. And thank you so much for sending in the chart. This ends our listener chart interpretation. Living a harmonious life can be difficult, especially these days when things are moving so fast. You'd think that those of us committed to personal and spiritual growth would have it easier, but sometimes it seems as if our lofty aspirations cause us to face even greater challenges. Fortunately, you have a map to guide you, your astrology chart. It can reveal a wealth of information about your soul purpose, your optimal career, and your ideal romantic partner. Spirituality, timing, relocation, your chart, when interpreted by an insightful, experienced astrologer, can provide helpful insights into every area of life. And since the moving planets keep activating different parts of your chart, getting astrology updates at least once a year can help you keep focused on what's important now. But astrology is only the beginning here at Astro Shaman. We also offer shamanic healing, which can reduce or eliminate physical, emotional, and mental issues. Your shamanic healing session will also equip you with simple, powerful techniques you can use on your own to help you take your healing and spiritual awakening to the next level. We also offer other services to help improve your life, including awakening activation, electional astrology, mentoring, and more. All are equally effective in person or by phone or Skype. A digital recording of your session is included, and my guarantee makes it risk-free. If you don't feel that your experience was helpful, it's free. To learn more, visit astroshaman.com. I love my work, and I look forward to helping you. We're wrapping up this edition of This Week in Astrology. Check out our website, where you can hear the show and subscribe to podcast updates. You can also do a single sign-up for two great opportunities, chances to win a free consultation and have your chart interpreted on the show. You can also donate to support us. Go to thisweekinastrology.com. From there, you'll be automatically redirected to the This Week in Astrology area of astroshaman.com. You can listen to This Week in Astrology on your smartphone or tablet at stitcher.com. And if you're an iTunes listener, please do subscribe through iTunes and help us maintain our standing as the number one astrology podcast on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you infinite blessings as the stars light your way. This Week in Astrology is copyright 2018 by Astro Shaman. All rights reserved, although enthusiastic sharing is encouraged. You can access our free comprehensive audio archive from thisweekinastrology.com. If you'd like me to illustrate the weekly forecast with your chart, please send me your date, time, and city of birth. This also gives you a chance to win a free session with me every month. I welcome your personal questions for my live listener consultation segments. I also welcome your general astrology questions and feedback. Just email info at astroshaman.com. I look forward to making you a part of This Week in Astrology.
Here's the index for this episode. The overview begins at 1 minute 8 seconds. July 16, 155. The 17th, 233. The 18th, 3 minutes even. The 20th, 343. The 22nd, 732. The 24th, 818. The 25th, 931. The 26th, 1001. The 27th, 1217. The 30th, 2022. The 31st, 2116. Next shows highlights, 2204. Announcements, 2341. And our listener chart featuring the lunar eclipse, 2432. Thank you so much for listening to This Week in Astrology.